that lie within this day and that lies within all of our lives. And Lord, that you are not finished. You're beginning to do a great work in us. Lord, we proclaim it, we declare it, we receive it, and we are committed to act on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Everyone has come from a different home and a different place, but I want you to declare as we begin this sermon, God is doing a great work in me. Say, say to yourself, God is doing a great work in me. Notice that God doesn't say I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm, I'm just going to give you what is allowing you to make by. I'm not setting you up for failure or for frustration. I'm about to do not a good work, but great work in you. I believe that as you declare it, you begin to live into it. As you declare it, you begin to own it. As you declare it, you begin to wrestle with yourself as to how do you move it to be in a great work. Today we get to join Nehemiah on a journey. Last week as we began looking on this man in the scripture, this man who is a model for those who want to rebuild and restart anything, we look on him and remember that he is in a place of privilege. He is the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes, who is the king of Persia. He is able to have access to the king, and he is living a life of comfort. But when he looks across thousands of miles, he hears news that the people who were responsible for him being who he was were in depression, were in desolation, were experiencing deprivation because there was a level of destruction that had occurred in Jerusalem which was intimidating him and them. Nehemiah invites us to disengage from life's pressures to spend some time with God. Those of you who were part of the series last week, we highlighted the fact that he focused on trauma, but after he focused on mourning, there are two other things he did. He fasted and he prayed. I'm suggesting to all of us as we go through this time of rebuilding our lives that everybody has to be able to develop a new rhythm in our lives. You might have heard me say it before that COVID-19 was an interruption in the rhythm of the world so we can find a new one. And Nehemiah 
found this new rhythm by spending time with God. He discovered through the spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting that it could lead to a new and inspired and empowered and equipped equipped and enlivened Nehemiah, a man who would be the man for the time in which he lived, a man who had the ability to grasp the opportunity of the day and to say, God, I am ready and willing to work for you and to be used by you. Nehemiah, Reminds those of us who are on our journey, don't move without God. Can I say it again? Don't move without God. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It is critical for those who want to rebuild and restart and re-energize their lives to remember, don't walk without God. Because if you walk without God, you are walking alone. And anybody who sets out without the creator with you is going to go to crisis and have no security. Nehemiah was an action person. Any action persons in the room, any action persons outside of the room, any people who just have a schedule and, and you have 10 things you want to do and you knock them off and you're on to another 10. People who know at every time in their day what is coming and who is ready to move. Nehemiah was accustomed to moving and to acting and yet the word of God tells us it took him over a hundred days to wait for the right opportunity to ask the king. Guess how many days it took him to build the walls of Jerusalem? 52. Somebody said 52. Can you say it again? 52. Yet it took him a hundred years, a hundred days, sorry, to, to get ready to talk to the king, don't move without God. Now, some of us, we are waiting for our opportunity. We are waiting for the chance to be able to do what we want to do. We are waiting for the door to open. We are waiting for things to align but while we are waiting, we waste time doodling and focusing on the wrong things. Nehemiah wasn't wasting time. During the waiting time, God was working in him and expanding his vision of who he could be. He is in Persia. The Jerusalem is in Judah. Yet he discovers all the key people 
who he needs to meet all the permissions that are required, all the steps so that he can build this wall, he discovers that timber is needed. He discovers that there are resources that need to be replenished. He discovers that he's going to need favor from people. He discovers multiple things because waiting time was a time of developing himself so that when that opportunity came, he was ready. Nehemiah is a beautiful text. It says he waited a hundred plus days until the beginning of the new year, the month of Nisan in, in Persia. The month of Nisan was the king's birthday, but it was also a day and a time, a, a time when special favors were given out. It was also the time when the queen showed up and he thought, if I get myself ready and I'm in the right, time, right place at the right time, God will do something amazing. Can I say to you, get ready, get ready, get ready. Ready your life so that when God gives you the opportunity, you can be ready to seize it. Don't be late. Have you ever seen people who are late for the bus? They're late for the train. They're flying and they're late. Don't be late. Because if you're late, you miss out on what God has in store for you. When somebody tells me I took the next flight, I took the next train, you missed your opportunity. Brothers and sisters, Nehemiah tells us that when God is moving, be in sync to move with God. Get in the rhythm with God. Make sure you're aligned with God so that you can act when God is acting. Nehemiah, on the month of Nisan, when he went into the king, he was facing possible death because one of the characteristics of the people who served the king in that day was that they needed to be bright and sunny and happy. And Nehemiah was going into the king looking sad. And sad people, the king didn't want sad people around him, so the tradition was that the king could have gotten rid of Nehemiah, Nehemiah could have ended his journey on that day. But here is what we learn from Nehemiah, that if you're real and you trust God, God will orchestrate things so that it works for you, not against you. 
It will work to create an opportunity in Nehemiah's moment with the king. The king looks upon his beloved servant, this man who had tremendous access and said, Why are you sad? And Nehemiah says, King, I have a need. While I'm here with you, the place where my people come from is all broken down. It's not what it should be. It's destroyed by fire. The walls are in waste. People have no place to live. Nehemiah said to the king, King, what is good here should be good there. Will you help me? Will you help me? And then Nehemiah did something which is hard for all of us. Before he finished with the king, he had some specific requests for the king. How many of us find that it's hard to ask for help? Things are not going to be rebuilt in your life until you're willing to ask for help. And when you're asking for help, you should be specific about what's needed. Nehemiah had a whole path as to how he was going to get from Persia to Judah and all the steps that needed to happen. And he called upon the king and said, will you help me? The king says, how long is it going to take? Can you imagine Nehemiah saying to the king, I'm going to get it done in less than three months. And he got it done in two. How many of us have things that we're working on and we can't get it done? This year becomes next year. Next year becomes the next year. It keeps continuing. Nehemiah had been in a place where he was able to say to the king, I need you to help me. And then the word of God tells us that he prayed. He prayed and said, God of heaven, open the floodgates of heaven and grant us a blessing right here, right now. I don't know if when you think about your life and where your life is, you have ever looked up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you to help me. I'm not getting to where I want to be, but Jesus, if you help me, Jesus, if you come, Jesus, if you rescue me, Jesus, if you deliver me, Jesus, if you come alongside of me, I will become what you want me to be. In 1924, Dallas Theological Seminary almost went bankrupt. They had no money. And on the day that it was going to foreclose, 
at noon on that day, the president of the seminary, Dr. Harry Ironside, had a prayer meeting in his office. And when they were praying, he said, Lord, we know the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to you. Can you sell some and give us the money? As Dr. Ironside prayed with staff and faculty, a man came into the receptionist's office and said to the receptionist, I sold two carloads of cattle in Fort Worth and I've been trying to make a business deal go through and it won't work. I don't know if you need this, but here's the check. Well, the receptionist burst into the room where they were praying and said to Dr. Ironside, Harry, God just sold the cattle. I'm believing in my life. I'm believing my journey. I'm believing in your life and in your journey. That God has something in store for you. That God is making a way. That God is expanding all the resources of heaven. So that it comes alongside you. To get you to do what God needs you to do. When Nehemiah prayed. The king said yes. And Nehemiah was ready for the king's yes because he had prepared in advance that something good was going to happen in his life. Do you believe that God has something good for you? Do you believe that God has something amazing for you? Do you believe that God is going to do something great. Nehemiah, when the king said yes, had a whole plan. And he went and he executed it. If you came here this morning by transportation, whether it's a car or a bus or a truck, or something that rolls on wheels, except a scooter, the likelihood that thing has something called a transmission. Now, there, there, there are basically two kinds of transmissions. There's the automatic version, and there's the manual stick shift version, but all of them use a mechanism of a clutch and wheels. And what the clutch and the wheels do is that they engage and they disengage. To move from first gear to second gear, you have to engage and disengage. To move from third to fourth you have to engage and disengage to move from fourth to fifth. 
You have to engage and disengage. And if you have one of these high-powered engines from fifth to sixth, you have to engage and disengage if your life is going to take itself to another level you have to learn to engage and disengage if your family is going to go to another level you have to learn to engage and disengage the car doesn't matter how much it likes first, first gear if its destiny is to be in the sixth speed or the sixth gear, it has to engage and disengage. Some of us won't get to where we need to be because we are refusing to engage and disengage. If God has something for you this morning, don't stop or don't be afraid to take the first step. Dr. King said that if you're going to go on a staircase, if, you, if you're going to walk up a staircase, faith is the first step. This morning, as you restore your life, as you rebuild your life, as you have a vision for where God wants you to be, not, not where you are now, but where he wants you to be, you have to ask God to show you clearly what needs to happen. Nehemiah saw walls which were rebuilt. He saw people living on the walls, within the walls, within the community. He saw people laughing and singing and dancing and praising the Lord. He saw the word of God being integral to the city of Jerusalem. And so he worked and he lived and he took steps to get the people to God's preferred place. God has a preferred place for me. He has a preferred place for you. But it begins with a step. Every one of you received a card as you came in. A card which really asks you anonymously. Just say to God, Lord, help me to take the first step. If you got a card, when you came in, if you didn't get a card and you want a card, just raise your hand and one of our leaders will give you a card. Write on it a step you would like to take. Because guess what? One step in the right direction can change my life and your life. Not, not two steps, not 20 steps. Think about your first step. If you need a card so you can offer to God a prayer about where you would like to go, ask God to help you to take the first step. Our singers and musicians will share with us a song which says, Do it, Lord. And as they sing it, I invite you to bring your cards forward.
place it in the box on the communion table. Make a prayer and a confession to God. God, I am ready to move to another level in my life. God, do it. You did it for Nehemiah. You did it for Moses. You did it for Peter. You did it for Sarah and Rebecca. You did it for the woman at the well. God, do it for me because I need you. After we have offered the cards, Dr. Barbara Campbell will lead us in a prayer of dedication. Say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it for me. In Jesus' name, amen.